Welcome to Fortress of Faith with Tom Wallace, calling North America to repentance and revival. Well, welcome back once again to the Corner of Truth and Courage. You're listening to Fortress of Faith, and we've got Tyler back in the studio with us. Tyler, how are you doing today? I'm doing wonderful. I'm hoping you're doing well. I'm excited for the, for the show this week and to get going here. All right. Yeah, we're going to be talking about how to answer these gotcha questions. People who are, you know, maybe atheists, you know, they're listening online on the Internet to these people out there. And Muslims are doing that as well. Tyler, there's a guy out there. His name is Zaire Naik. He is very, very popular in this realm. He's, he's my age. It's interesting how a guy my, you know, my age in the Muslim world has captured the ear of the youth. I mean, they are yeah. tuned into him on uh, Facebook, on YouTube. He was born in India, and uh, he's the founder of the Islamic Research Foundation. He owns Peace TV. He has over 3.3 million subscribers yeah. online. There's been 230 million views of his videos. Yeah. And, I think it's, funny. Uh, it's called Peace, Peace TV myself. I thought that was an interesting, <laughs> interesting name. Yeah, well, you know, they keep bouncing this on us there, you know, that they're the religion of peace, you know, and they want us to think that Islam means peace. Islam actually means submission, submit. And the idea is that you'll have peace if you're totally submitted to Allah and his law the Sharia. Uh, there'll be peace in this world when they get rid of all the kafirs, all the unbelievers, the infidels, the filth. Once the filth is gone from this world, and the only ones who are left are the Muslims, this, and that's what Muslim means, the submitted ones. So yeah. Islam means, means submission. Yep. Muslim means the submitted one. So if you submit to the subjugation of Allah, then you're, you, you will have peace in this world. That's why they call it Peace TV. And, and if you don't, you'll have the exact opposite of peace. Yeah. Well, exactly. You'll have the sword, the That's sword right. of Islam. These Muslims are out there with these gotcha questions. Now, I, I'm bumping into this more and more on the streets. I was just out in Myrtle Beach at a meeting. Uh, there's a lot of Albanian Muslims who have immigrated into that area. And uh, as I was bumping into them and chatting with them and uh, talking with this one fella, he was yeah, maybe 22, 23 years old, and he was eager to talk to me. Mm-hmm. And he was armed. I mean, he had his uh, a phone opened up and ready to, you know, hit me with these gotcha questions there. And so what I want to do today is cover some of these what they call Bible contradictions. If your Bible yeah. is true... If it really is the Word of God, then there shouldn't be any errors in it. If it's, you know, inspired like you say it is, if it's preserved like you say it is, then your Bible should not have contradictions in it, okay? So that's um, the line of reasoning, and and that's, you know, a fair line of reasoning, is it not? Yeah, yeah. So, so the purpose of this isn't so that we can fight and argue with them so much, but, but evangelize them, and they're going to come at us with these bullets in their chambers ready to pull the trigger on us, and we want to be able to basically provide them an answer that will allow us to continue to evangelize these Muslims. 
Exactly. They're doing their dawah, which is what they call evangelism. They call it dawah. And yeah. part of their dawah is trying to shake the Christian from its truth. And the first thing they often do, Tyler, is that they start with this. Well, we have the same God. Did you know that we Muslims worship the same God and pray to the same God that you Christians are praying to? And that kind of puts Christians on their heels because they don't, most, you know, think, I didn't know that. You know, and and so they feel almost like disarmed, and then they go in and tell us about their God. I I don't mean to get on a rabbit trail here, but I just thought of a really interesting question, something that you made me think of as you were talking about that. I guess I kind of viewed, if if a Muslim was to approach me to try to evangelize me, that it was going to be like with an AK-47 pointed at my face. But basically, you're saying when, when they try to evangelize us, it's often with honey instead of vinegar right i mean so you're so they're not they're not coming at you you know better do this and that or or else it's they're also starting off with sugar basically kind of a kind of a thing yeah rarely though do we see muslims out there trying to propagate their gospel but when we come to them and talk to them and uh, proclaim ourselves as christians you know then they'll ask and and this youth this one guy i kind of want to talk about this fellow from Albania, you know, I mean, that's how how he worked with us. I mean, you could tell he was eager and he was armed, <laughs> armed with uh, questions that were designed to try to stump you there and to kind of, you know, shut your mouth, basically, you know, to stop your mouth. If you're a Christian, then uh, how do you defend this type yeah. of error? Okay. And so I want to give you, you know, we want to play that role there. And I've given you his question there for you today. So, uh, Tyler, I'm going to ask you to kind of play the role of the Muslim and fire at me these questions in a way like it's a gotcha question. And then I'll give you the response to these. Okay. So I've been on your show a month and you're making me a Muslim. Is that, is that, am I hearing that correctly? Is that right? Well, you want to play the role. When I do these? <laughs> no, 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 no. Well, okay. you know what? Hey, that, that now that's an interesting thing. Not every Muslim is going to be an Arab. Okay. That's the common mistake we make. Even though the religion of Islam is done in Arabic, and mm-hmm. it started in Arabia by an Arab, uh, only 15% of the Muslims in the world are actually Arabs. And well, what that, are they made uh, up of then? Ethnicity-wise, typically. Well, the largest country is Indonesia. Mm-hmm. That has mo- more Muslims in Indonesia than any other country. Yeah. Then after that, you would come to India. Even though India is huge with people from you know, Sikh or Hindu, uh, there's so many Muslims there as well that makes them the second largest. Then Pakistan would be the next okay. uh, populated Muslim well, country. That- that's interesting to know. So I won't use any accents then. I'm going to use this. I'm going to be an, uh, uh, an American Muslim today. All right. Okay. All right. Go ahead. Okay. Very good. Now I, w- I want to say this. Now this first question, I d- I will not pronounce this name correctly. Tell me how to pronounce this gentleman's name uh, ahead of time here. Well, well, it's a Jewish king. His name is Jehoiakim. Jehoiakim. Okay. So. How old was Jehoiakim when he became king? Because in 2 Kings 24, 8, uh, it says Jehoiakim was 18 years old when he began to reign. 
But in Second Chronicles 36.9, it says he was only eight years old. So that, that in and of itself is a, is a Bible contradiction. How, how would you okay. explain... How would you explain yeah. that? Yeah. Well, of course, you know, they kind of you know, throw this at, you know, well, if your Bible's inspired, it shouldn't have contradictions. And clearly yeah. we have a contradiction here because in Second Kings, uh, uh, it tells us he was 18 when he came to the throne. Mm-hmm. But in Chronicles 36, it says that he was only eight years old. So, you know, uh, how do you defend that? Okay. And this Albanian... Mm-hmm. You know, 20-something years of age there, fired that at me. And uh, and the answer, now, okay, there's two possible answers. One possible, plausible answer, and it doesn't mean that the Bible would be in error, but in the translations, or rather in the copying of there, that maybe they missed the one from 8 to 18. Okay? Now, I don't subscribe to that. I don't, I don't, I don't think that that is the, the correct answer because giving and stepping in that ground, if you yield to that kind of ground, then you're yielding, also to saying, you know, well, my Bible could have mistakes, okay, and so this was just a mistake in the copying, of it and so on there. Now some give that answer, all right, and I, I don't believe a that's the correct answer. And, and again, this is a plausible answer, but I can't give you proof that uh, this was the case, but it's very logical. Um, there's a practice, it, you know, when kings come to throne, you know, they have, um, every king will have what they call the heir and the spare, okay? They'll have at least, you know, they're looking for at least two boys, to come to the throne, you know, um, the heir, because he could die. And if he does, we got a spare there to take the throne. But what if the king dies or queen dies before the child is of age to take the throne? He's not yet an adult. Let's say he takes the throne at the age of eight. Can he truly rule at eight? Joash was another king that took the throne at eight. Yeah. Um, but uh, here, what we have, I believe, the Bible is telling us, is that uh, that he had a co-regent. This is a very typical process when kings and queens ruled. If a child took the throne before they were of age, um, they would not be fully, truly in power in their own right until they became an adult. But they shared the throne as a co-regent with someone else. It could be your mother, the queen's... Uh, uh, the, the queen mother, or yeah. someone else is designated by the land, you know, to be a co-regent with the king, with the royal, until they become of age. And so, so here the, in the this situation... The co-regent is like a uh, an advisor, or they're the one that actually has the power during that time to make those well, decisions? Yeah, they'd have the power to make the decisions, you okay. know, because so certainly you're not... Advising. No, well, I mean, you know, they probably still has to be signed or somehow, you know, um, uh, where where the co-regent, the king, uh, is uh, is a part of it. But the powers are largely now in the hands of that co-regent to serve, and they serve in the stead of the king until they become of age. And so yeah. I think what we have here in this passage 
we have uh, in Second Kings, um, you know, and, and the book of Kings and Chronicles, you need to understand, they tell pretty much the same stories, the same history. But Absolutely. the kings tell us kind of like the, the official role. It's like, you know, here is the, um, uh, the, uh, the history, the legal history of the, of the kings. Chronicles yeah. is written by the priest. And this gives us more, um, uh, it's, it's like an editorial of the history from a, a, uh, from a you know, spiritual uh, uh, reflection of that thing. And of course, there, both passages are true. In Second Chronicles, he took the throne when he was eight years of age, but in Kings, he prop- he became king in his own right at the age of eighteen. Now, this practice, as I said, is done you know the royal family in in Britain. Back, uh, King Henry V ascended to the throne when he was just eight months old. Okay, uh, Queen Mary of Scots was six days old when she became queen. Certainly, these babies didn't rule. There was a co-regent. So this is a practice that was commonly done in the days of kings and queens. And I'm looking at our time there, Tyler, so we're going to have to cut off here. And tomorrow yeah. we'll get into more of this. And so thank you for joining us here at the Corner of Truth and Courage. And we want to remind you, our, our listeners there, that we are a listener-supported ministry. And if you want to be a part of uh, keeping us on the air and uh, advancing our uh, our work there, would you consider uh, becoming a member of what we call the Army of Ten, supporting us at $10 a month. Give us a call, 800-616-0082, or you can go online and give safely, securely there on our website. We'll be back again with you tomorrow at the Corner of Truth and Courage. God bless you.